Hey guys, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. Thanks for being here today. Today we have a special guest, Benjamin Myers. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Thanks again for joining. It's my pleasure. Awesome. We actually connected on Instagram, which I have connected with several super cool spiritual light workers on Instagram. It's an awesome way to connect. And um, I'd seen a post that you posted about death. And so we are going to touch on that topic today, later after we do a little bit of introductions on who you are. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love if you would first just kind of let people know who you are. You ha- you told me you have a bit of a uh, background in um, like physical therapy and Reiki, but you know, overall kind of just like an energy healer. Um, how did you get drawn into the spiritual world? Did you have an awakening? Um, yeah, let people just know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I practiced like the last, uh, 11 years as a physical therapist here, uh, both in Illinois and in Michigan. I'm currently here in Michigan. Um, just, uh, kind of waiting my wife fulfilling her education uh, in dental school. Um, so that's what brought me just to this area. I've, I've been practicing as a, th- a physical therapist and I've worked in the performance spaces, uh, much of kind of like a golf space or golf, um, kind of like training and things of that nature, but also just youth athletics and just athletics in general. And I mean, it's interesting, you know, when we kind of like look back at our ascension process or sort of those awakening processes that I've, you know, when I think of it, it's one date, really, it's been kind of like a sum total of many dates. And so getting into like, health and restoration and human longevity was kind of like, I think the start really doing so. And then, um, as we moved to Michigan, um, many of my networks were ended just because you're just relocating here in a new area. And so I had this long amount of time to, you know, understand and go within of a lot of the things that organically made me, you know, me almost, almost like, if you want to think of an ego death, um, just went into those things. And I'm really, you know, happy. Like when you look at it almost like maybe a year and a half ago, really happy to see like just where I've gone into in terms of spirituality, um, healing. Uh, I've practiced, uh, I'm actually now a master certified in Reiki, performing Reiki. Uh, I've done the training for QHHT. You have to actually perform. So it's, um, quantum healing hypnotic technique or a therapy. So taking people through past life regressions or regressions in their current lifetime. Um, I'm finishing up my internship uh, before declaring a level one certified area and with number two coming on the way. So for me, it's been a, a mold of all the things that I've learned through graduate school to life experience, one being having a friend of mine die in front of me and some friends, um, which really was an interesting idea of spurring on this life after death. Uh, Four of us were performing CPR on one of our friends and it was just a really tough gig. And what was crazy is she actually passed away while I was giving her a massage because I could tell that she was on her way out. And so it was kind of, uh, it was surreal. It was heartbreaking in the moment, but it's been interesting since then. And then during one of my uh, physical therapy sessions, I had a patient of mine 
talk to me about near-death experiences as he kind of made his own transformation. And I, I treated his wife, I treated him. And uh, in the 60s, you know, he's around in his 60s. So, you know, you have that statement of you can't teach, a, you know, an old dog new tricks. And I have to say, I, I don't agree. You know, anybody can be conditioned at that, at that time. And then kind of like moving forward, it had such an impact on his life. It changed the way that he was. And it was, I don't know if you're familiar with Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. Um, that was a beautiful book. She had a terminal and she, uh, actually like later stages of lymphatic or lymphoma where she had her a near death experience. And so it was just seeing this imagery, you know, when you think about it and channeling to the part of, you know, what does she mean by having these experience outside of the the reality that we live. And, and then meanwhile, I had another, it was sort of cool, like having patients, you know, sort of redirect your learning. I had another patient of mine who helped people that are addicted um, to whatever substances that it might've been. And she asked me, have you ever heard of Brian Weiss's many, many lives, many masters. And that's what kind of like in some ways started the foundation of um, hypnotic regressions and even this discussion of believing life, you know, that there was life after death or that it would exist. Um, because for me, I grew up in more a Judeo Christian household where, you know, we could go into the taboo of many different things within Christianity and how it's evolved and, you know, whether or not that there are patriarchal societies there that may have held on to information that would make us flourish even more as humans. Um, so it was just like this really cool um, path just that I've kind of walked and meditated and thought on and and then even reached out to different friends and mentors now and just have a really group, a cool group of people to learn from and to really like humble, you know, to humble oneself to say, you know, I'm not the expert here. I'm, I'm a student as much of a master in a certain craft, very much a student and to learn. And, and so you know, kind of to blast forward to now, you know, I, I thought that it was important. I had channel, I had a channeling and, and even had some other people along in their channels to say, it's time to spread your wings and say what you need to say and discuss this life after death and discuss fear associated. And especially within the last, you know, two years almost, I mean, it's been a rough going and it's, um, affected and possibly even limited the way that people have lived this time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for the intro on your, on for your sure. background. And I love, that's one of my most favorite things is when I connect with guests is hearing their spiritual stories and their awakenings. And I hope everybody else enjoys that because everyone has such a different event or series of events or connections with people that really spur that awakening. So thank you for sharing that. And that's, really quite a crazy story. I'm sorry to hear about your friend. Um, but wow, in some ways we can get to this when we kind of speak about life after death, but (laughs) for you to be there with her and be able to give her comfort while she was leaving, that is also, although sad, like a special moment too, that you were able to be there. And it sounds like maybe you got some channeled information since she passed, but, um, wow, that that's quite an experience. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's, since we're on the topic of that, let's, let's talk about it since that's where, what we would plan to talk about mostly today. Um, life after death. I know a lot of people, myself included, believe in reincarnation or eternal souls. 
Um, what, what are your thoughts? What are the things that you've learned, channeled experiences from some of your patients, um, the fear associated around death? You know, we sure. don't feel like we, as a human, we don't necessarily feel like we know what happens, but there are lots of stories that I've heard too about people that have literally flatlined in the hospital and then they come back and tell their near-death experience. So, you know, for many of us though, we haven't had that experience and we're just like, it's the unknown. So what, what do you have to say about, uh, life after death, I guess? Sure. Um, what's really been cool is I see it from so many different ways, either being, you know, the person just kind of like, you know, I was the one giving breaths. So when you think about that, like in the CPR setting, um, or, you know, reading, I had a family member who passed, uh, in 2016 to like read a last rite, wow. you know, it was kind of nuts. And so let's, let's go into that then. Um, and I'll, and I'll try to like segue back into different thought forms, um, in that standpoint. So for example, we, before we come in, we have a life, like a life and a light contract that we sign, that we identify with people to say, this, these are the things to learn. These are what you're meant to learn. These are the life events, life-changing events, either to reroute you, you know, back on your path, if, if one might've diverted off, um, or these are the things that in a way to catapult you forward towards that life event. So when you think of like, just like speeding through time, or speeding through your evolution, it's kind of one of the things that you can get to at this endpoint. And the endpoint is what you are planning on gaining. If you want to think of a character, like as a character and gaining character and moving forward of information to lead on to your next path, this is what you'll, you know, you'll gain outside of it and you can't mess up. So um, one really cool thing, you know, as we're talking about like beforehand, just like how we think about it. And I just thought that that might be interesting to, to share is like, we think of time on a horizontal start to finish. We never think of time to some degree overlapping one another of that. It's all happening, mm -hmm. coinciding at once. So if I ascend in one end or if I learn something there, it impacts the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's a life event, if it's a feeling, if it's a mastery of a skill, it's all affecting you at that one time. So essentially, um, I've gained some of this knowledge in my QHHT sessions. So I've led, I lead people through to something that they themselves want to see. Um, so for example, I just most recently had somebody younger uh, who lost somebody in a car crash, um, kind of like go into knowing about her life and maybe like traumas that she had kept from herself, memories that we were able to access and she could see that, you know, either that people cared or that she was close to people where she might have not have perceived that. And then just after the, after we got out of there, I kind of, cause you don't, you don't take people to the end of their current life. That could be like super scary. If you don't see anything, like talk about like system shocking. Mm -hmm. So instead you can actually rewind time to before they came in mm -hmm. and you have to be clear and concise as to what you want to say, I would like to go, you know, enter the time before you entered the life in this specific incarnation. And so when we came in there, there was this galaxy in the distance that she's describing. Imagine reading a book, but reading out loud, right? So this is what's going on when I'm hearing this for the first time. It's almost like somebody's reading a book for me. 
And so that there was this galaxy in, in the background and she described these kind of crystal, like amoeba looking things, almost like as lights designing her blueprint hmm. in this like hologram or like, so like, you know, imagine like Iron Man, like designing something with Jarvis and, and just kind of piecing things together and getting the time, getting to time. She was actually watching her own blueprint in a three di- three dimensional space be constructed from a line from here to here, start to finish X marks, the big life event, little small speed bumps. And matter of fact, it's kind of interesting that it's just to my left. Oh, cool. This is what it looks like. Okay. So she kind of drew just a little um, form yeah. in which the, around this table were them going into their, um, going into their blueprints but then also at this like separate table, which was the horn where her guides and her angels spectating and understanding what their jobs were and helping and assisting. And so that's what goes on ahead of time. And then, you know, you have these characters, whether it be part of your soul family or part of these people, you know, it could be you just the fact of like in this end for me to share and communicate this to people to hear, you know, amongst your viewers it's like you and I could have essentially, you know, created just that connection to say, this is what the role was going to be for you within yeah, my life right. and moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you live it. Mm-hmm. So you go, you know, you enter, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how to, you know, not yet at least, but like you enter the life, sure. but what's different for earth is it might be different from other places is you think that you're going to remember in the spot, but, but one might not realize that as we get here, there, there's the veil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might have lost you a little bit. Oh, I don't know if you can, I can still hear you me. I can hear you it's just you're frozen. <laughs> yeah, dang it. Oh, there, there we go. Okay. okay. So, so essentially, there's this veil that I've also equally found in my QHHT mm-hmm. sessions would be like a rainbow. So think of like light absorbing and everything absorbing there could be just massively clear that we now don't see. Yeah. So now we don't have this idea of like what's around us, sure. who's there, what angels are guiding us or what, what other negatives, you know, entities might be also influencing us too, right. depending upon how we're living. And so we forget. Yeah. And what's so cool about the element of free will is that you're not being instructed nobody's governing and dictating you as to how to live your life. You ultimately have potentially this intuitive feeling if you've tapped in or, or you're inspired or it just, it happens organically. And that's, that's something important just that it organically happens that, you know, nobody's pushing and prodding that if it's happening organically, now it's in the flow. And now in your, this complete state of like alpha wavelength and other things that affect your brain chemistry, and you just move into this path. Mm-hmm. And, and with every decision, you have that choice of, of either I'm deciding to do this and I'm, or I'm deciding to do this because I can. Right. And so, you know, ultimately then that, that impacts, you know, whether you might veer off path or veer back on path. It's just so cool because the statement that was always told to Dolores Cannon when she was writing a lot of her books was the fact that this wouldn't be a test if we had all the answers Yeah. and how fun, like how fun would it be to play a game where you just knew all the moves and it was like, you're all just going to see happening. That's not fun. Like you want changing scenarios, you know, as humans, we like the drama, 
you know, to see like who not necessarily will win or whatever, just, it's just that fun of having this ebb and flow of, of just learning. And so, you know, ultimately in that sense, you know, we come and living our life and, and also like, if we don't sometimes have this understanding, like what life is afterwards, how you live your life might be numbed and how, and how you live your life might be then without purpose. Yeah. If you already knew, right. Yeah. If you knew where right. you came from, if we didn't have the amnesia or the veil, and if you knew the outcome, you would probably live your life very differently. Big time. Big and, time. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot to touch on what you just said. For sure. So yeah. Good. No, lo- and no, you're I, in however you want to. It's like, I want to talk about, like, I have like so many, but I have yeah. to say, I'm like smiling. Well, now outwardly, but also inwardly, I had a reading with a friend of mine who's been on the show twice, um, Travis Hill. And he actually told me that one of my guides is Dolores Cannon. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. It came through. A lot of people don't even know who that is, but um, she's she's kind of an OG in the spiritual world, if you will. Um, <laughs> so I actually have been like, I have been asking my guides for signs and uh, I maybe she heard me and it came through you today to remind me. But It could very well you know, be. No, it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Who knows? She was said to have been my mom in another life, which is crazy to even think about that because she's pretty well known in the spiritual world. So I don't right. know, but it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho. Um, okay. So yeah, so we have this contract, which I've totally heard that before uh, many, many times in the spiritual world. But um, do you have any, have you gotten any channeled information or do you know anything about um, like karmic stuff too. So like, yes, we have this contract and we come in to this world, but do we have a say so? Like I know a lot of us choose to come here. Do we also um, have stuff given to us though, for, like karmically, that's not just our decision and, and signed before in the contract? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Cause I've kind of sure. heard like David Wilcock talk about that. Like if you've done something really bad in another life, like you might have to come back again to like, learn what you need to learn because you didn't learn it in your last life. So it's almost like this reincarnation cycle where you're stuck here. But I've also heard a lot of people talk about, you know, channel information from themselves or clients that we choose to come back. So maybe there's, I know it's not always just one answer, but maybe um, both of those situations could be, mm-hmm. could be, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Both is okay. So what's cool is that both of those situations could be true. Yes. That's in, in which the conditions don't have to be binary in choice. So, you know, where, okay. Yes. We, we could have had, Oh man. Okay. So this was like uh, done. I had a, a recent just channeling reading just with my friend, uh, Courtney Marie Barr. If you want to just take a look there, sure. which, which she, I had her visit my Akashic record because in a meditation that I was meant to do was to see a past life mm in which that, so I lived to be a healer. Mm. And at the time, the state that I was brought into this memory was, I was a midwife at this, at this, at this point in which that, um, unfortunately, maybe the doctor at the time wasn't available and the master wasn't available. So I was the apprentice here. And in that, in that notion, um, I was trying to essentially help this couple like give birth to their child and something went wrong in which that we lost the child and think about this time, like in the 15, 1600s. Yeah. Um, and especially I, I was a woman at the time. 
So, I mean, we could touch on, on the feminine and the sacred feminine if you want there too, because really that's where I'm called to go with this as well. Um, but essentially the father, you know, or, or the husband, mm-hmm. I guess, um, of the woman who, while she was giving birth, they lost their child, um, was mad that, that it went wrong. Right. And so basically then called, you know, uh, went to the local authority, probably the priest and whomever else said that I was a witch mm. and I was hung, you know, as a result of it. Oh, wow. And so, and so for example, in that moment, you know, there, I, you know, would love to go kind of above and observe, you know, what was the lesson that I needed to learn? Right. But like, let's take the father because in the end, when you look at logic and truth, was I a witch? Possibly a healer, whatever they go by at that point in time, sure. but ultimately to be con- condemned to death by just a mistake. Right. And, and, you know, we can look at this like now almost, you know, 300, 400 years later is that would almost be like any sort of like issue in the birthing room, right. giving birth to then kill yeah. the doctor who was trying to create their best intentions sure. to provide a safe, safe birth. Right. So for example, then that man would, would, when he died, see, th- see through, you kind of go through this life reel where you're able to you see the life pass before your eyes, yeah. but you're able to observe it. And then the learning state then goes into this man then is able to live through my eyes because now you're all part of one yeah. and you can relive through that part. And then to understand not only just factually like what was going on, but also understand the essence of empathy through feeling. So, so then he would feel my fear. Mm. He might feel my despair, feel the anger of being betrayed for something that's unjust. And so, you know, and even in so much as I was told that essentially I was starved to death and or poison before they tried to essentially kill me through hanging. So you would even have those things influence that too. Mm. And then, and then from that standpoint, that would be the debt. Now, you know, when you think about like uh, homeostasis, are you thinking about just being at zero? Like now, ultimately, that would be the things that he would need to learn to say, well, maybe in this next life, I gotta, I have to perform the opposite role, or I have to perform something else like that. And so, like I know in many, um, many Brian Weiss books, you know, even in the on the topic of racism. People come in in this life um, and then they come in the next life as possibly the opposite, you know, ethnicity, opposite, you know, specific like uh, gender role or, or, you know, sexuality or whatever it might be. It can it can take on so many different forms just to create a learning. And then and then that's what we would work out if that's something where we decided to live the life again. Sure. Okay. So. So some yeah. of it's choice, some of it's karmic energy stuff, things mm-hmm. that we need to continue to learn to keep evolving. Wow. Right. That's a lot. Right. You know, that could be one episode in itself. <laughs> but, sure. But for sure. Um, thank you for clarifying that. And yeah. um, I often, that made me think too, when you were saying like, you said the word witch, I often mm-hmm. think people like Jesus or healers and stuff were seen as these like either witches or these miracle workers. Like I really believe Jesus existed as a human walked on the earth historically and probably was a healer or a clairvoyant of his time. And because Mm -hmm. he could do these things that people couldn't explain, 
you know, then he's deemed the Messiah. Um, but there's plenty of people that can can do energy healing, of course, now that we know that's coming out and you're not called For a witch sure. now, right? But I think that's right. really interesting in history, too, to look at healers and shamans and how they were actually probably seen as either evil or seen as a messiah or whatever. Like now we kind of know that a lot of people can, well, we all, I think we all have it within, but we are all able to channel and heal and do those things. So that's really interesting um, about the witch terminology kind of. It's cool. It's cool. Just how you brought up, you know, Jesus for that, you know, that man or is like the man in the myth, you know, and, and just to see how he lived and it's interesting just to, it was uh, Jesus and the Essenes was a really fun book, you know, just by Dolores Cannon, mm. just to read. Um, I watched, I don't know if you're familiar with Alba Weinman. Um, I don't know. I don't Alba know. had taken somebody through that talked about the mystery schools. So let's just, let's just kind of like get into like a mystery school or even Jesus. Sure. So so Jesus studied within a certain sect of, of just the Judeo, I guess, Christian culture called the Essenes. And so many of the Essenes studied things to their way before their time. They had loos constructed. They had like things that help, um, you know, just the, the plumbing systems. They had this instrument that, that showed the pure gravity of astrology at the time or astronomy to where it was kind of actually a little bit of both astronomy where they had this device that was made by essentially galactics. If you want to put it to a certain way that was already messed, you know, that was already going, that could show um, heliocentrism. So like, for example, you know, think about that time even too, like, you know, Galileo Copernicus and all those things, they came in much after this event. And so you had sex of people that had this thing that was already depicting the revolution around the sun and different planets. So if you want to talk about like even the converging systems of our solar systems converging, it even had, you know, other planets that were there. It's not talked about. And so these, these groups had so many bits of knowledge by the people that people and or beings that came before them that they were one of the first ones that allowed women in the synagogues at the same time. And they were able to express this, this same level of mentorship. Like, so like, think about that then too, is because if you think of any sort of um, Jew at that time, um, men and women were not able to practice together separate areas. So just even think about that and in, in which that now all of a sudden, now we just in one moment, a civilization, civilization advanced into 1920 right. and, and the feminine, you know, the feminist movement of bringing back that power, you know, that power and empowerment that might've been lost. Sure. And so you, now you have people, you know, you have, you have people learning as equals and they had dressings that they could wear almost like your karate belts you know, to say like, are you um, a student? Are you an intermediate level or are you a master? And you had to do a testing. And so what's cool is that Jesus grew up in that environment um, because the entity that was being recalled was his teacher in, in that lifetime. And so he was referred as Ben Joseph. So of, of Joseph in that time period, but Jesus took trips. And so what's kind of cool to merge this into out, 
and to Alba, she had somebody in hypnotic regression that was talking about the mystery school for Jesus to learn because, you know, we think of him as human, which he was, he came, you know, into flesh, into creation to almost like make the way for us and what we're doing now. Um, but he was able to not for have forgotten, you know, didn't have the amnesia. Right. And, and so in which the, the people that he grew with is they, you know, that he traveled to Tibet, he traveled to other areas to learn like the alchemy of Horus, you know, behind there. And for example, like people didn't really realize that his mom was in an ISIS cult to create magic, because when you have information from some of the cults from ISIS and the, the alchemy of Horus, so there's a really good book. It's called the Magdalene Manuscript that kind of describes this, is which that when you partake in the end of knowing, um, basically, after the fact, being able to like reserve your Ka energy, your etheric energy moving on to transcend. So, you know, he was practicing in that, but you had to be of pure of heart to be a part of it. So you think about this, it would be full transparency. Like imagine that. And, and going from there um, was able to heal people, provide Reiki, knew many different things to help those that would be miracles or right. maybe witchcraft, you know, <laughs> at the time, or energy healing and medicine, sure. moving on. And, and even then thinking about, well, Jesus was a channeler, like clearly yeah. how many times, you know, when you think about it, dude channeled oh, and so yeah. do the prophets before him. Oh yeah. And that's what I've kind of come to in my like spiritual, like it's made more sense to me is I'm like, he was a modern day channeler back, back then we what we would call t- modern day t- now a channeler back then. And then yeah. some people got a book and wrote about him and made this whole thing up. And I'm not dismissing anyone who's Christian. I have plenty of good friends and we've had For sure. lots of deep talks about this. And it's, it's wild to me though, because, and I always come from a really respective, like wherever you are in your sp- spiritual journey, I respect you. Um, Absolutely. But you know, I've had friends that like think some of the things that I talk about or when I, I, you know, work with channelers that have guides that come through and they're like, oh, I think that's like satanic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it like blows my mind that they would think that because I'm like literally everything that I'm working for and talking about ha- is of like love, light, compassion, forgiveness, which is everything you've been taught in your church about Jesus. It's all the same in my opinion. But, sure. you know, I think it's wild, like because it potentially either threatens their faith or it's fear-based. Um, it's somehow satanic. But then I'm like, dude, your own main man, Jesus, was like a channeler, which is the type of people that I'm going to. It's it's wild to me how like things can be interpreted, you know, interpreted. I cannot say that word today. Interpreted. Sure. And also like um, I, I twisted around, but I think it's like truly all the same. It's wild. Yeah. It's super wild. So but, yeah. but even think about this too, like dude, dude even performed exorcism. Yeah. So Je- Jesus took beings out of people and he put them in a whole slew of pigs right. that essentially ran off, you know, a, a cliff to their death. Yeah. And not only that, when, when he had been with people in terms of the ones that were possessed as well, they, he had said, and he, and, you know, you set the intentions in that power is you're not to say who I am mm. and what my role is here. Mm-hmm. Being that the people around me are not ready to know sure. what, what I am, right. You know, at this point in time. And, and then they had to like, basically, um, 
fulfill what he had asked. And so dude even performed like just like energy clearing and exorcism per se. So many of us are doing is energy clearing. It's all about energy. Yeah. It's, it is Mm -hmm. wild, but (laughs) everyone's on a different path, but, uh, I think, yeah, it's fascinating actually. So, um, Okay. I feel like we've gone on. This is so good. Like we, we did. We did. We went on a tangent yeah, for sure. We talked about this before. We're like, how deep are we going to go? And I was like, we're, we've known, I've been known to go super deep. We're just letting it flow. Um, okay. And, so if let, you, and Lauren, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just kind of like pegged to say real quick, sure. also even talking about just the essence of transfiguration. Okay. In which that he had his most favorite, you know, disciple, and he also had Peter there with him. And in that time is when essentially he had transformed into this illuminating light mm-hmm. in which they had bridged the gaps where it was said to see both Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. And in which that, you know, when you think about that, that transcending of the human into this next like dimension, mm-hmm. which would be like more of an energetic you know, or etheric level is your ka body then coming into being in existence that, that they were trying to then, you know, describe that in words of what it would be Mm. is, would be the equivalent, the equivalent of, for example, a Buddha hood or a rainbow body Mm -hmm. in, in terms of certain like Dzogchen Buddhist practice or other things that one might now be illuminated. So just even, even forms of alchemy, for changing one form to another, yeah. it also equally exhibited in that standpoint yeah. to think of now where are we going at this point, totally. at this time, in That's this a good place. Point. I'm glad you brought that up because I always say like there are nuggets of truth in in pretty much most faiths. You know, some there's some extremists like cults and things, but even in there mm-hmm. there might be like little bits of pieces of things. But um, yeah, I mean that's all the kind of stuff that I like talk about all the time on this podcast that you know about that you're speaking about sure and it was written there's things in the bible that it, again it very in line with a lot of the energy healing and, and terminology and and things that we're talking about in this modern you know 2021 so that is that is a really good point i wonder um if you know more about the bible than i do i've studied it i went to a christian school but um do you think someone saw him shift though into that the like light body like cuz how was that written about after he died so for example you know being said that peter both peter and then as well as john being in the, in that in that area of, of witnessing and so via stories again now you have that the passing of tale at the time of the verbal you know recalling um of accurately portraying that. So it would be in the book of John or, or so, or, or basically like who John might've like had uh, inscribed the story and as well as going into Peter, then discussing through um, any of his, uh, I can't remember if it was Mark. I want to say Mark right now. Uh, some of his understudies were to write then that, uh, that process. And then of course you have Luke, being kind of like the doctor, the fact, the fact checker, if you will, um, writing both Luke and Acts mm. and talks about, you know, Peter's death as well. Mm. So, you know, you, you just have this, like, just talking at the time That's interesting, and being described. Yep. 
See, that's the thing. Everyone can interpret it a little bit differently. That's where I think sure. it's fascinating, but it can get dangerous too because yeah. you stray people into one thought process. And I'm like, well, they might have seen one thing. It sounds like a lot of the stuff that we're learning about now in the spiritual world, but like, was it changed? You know, who knows? But that's yeah. a whole other tangent. But um, I'm glad we spoke about that. And, and I'm being and I'm being pinged to kind of say is, hey, listen, they don't call it, you know, when you say that you have the nuggets of truth across multiple different denominations, across multiple different world religions is look at the golden rule, you know, it transcends all. And, and it just the idea of, you know, they don't call it golden, golden rule and golden ratio for nothing. Sure. Yeah. Well, I've been noticing that a lot <laughs> in my spiritual growth, actually. I think when you start to become more conscious, like mother earth, I just always thought it was mother earth, but I've now learned that mother earth is actually a conscious <laughs> being and it has the feminine energy. Why mm-hmm. did someone just name it Mother Earth? It's not a coincidence. It's like there's literally reasons for things to be called certain things. And I'm like, this is like blowing my mind. It's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, because that was really fun to go off on these mm-hmm. tangents. Let's mm-hmm. steer back. Okay. So we have these contracts. We have like karmic things. We have free will. We're here. We're living. We've had some things that were potentially planned out. And then there's other things that might just happen. So then we're here, that's before you come, then you're here and you live your life on 3D planet, Earth, Mother Earth, then whatever happens to remove you you from this planet, death comes, a physical, our body's death, then what what happens to our spirit and what's that whole part look like? You kind of go up and review your life and... What yeah. do you do? What so, so let's do this real quick before we go there. Cause you have, you have kind of like two things that could occur, right? Or, or you have a myriad of things that could occur, sure. but just the aspect that there could be an event that takes you out. So say, unfortunately somebody gets hit by a car, somebody gets in a car accident, something crashes, something happens. That's an event that then takes you out of there. An event in your contract that you decided that was gonna to be sort of exiting that portal. Or you have an overall decline. So for example, my family member um, was malnourished a lot of times. There was a lot of like fear um, within him. And, and ultimately so malnourished that his body started breaking down, went to a nursing home, had some form of like issue um, that created like delusion and other acts went into almost like a coma. And then ultimately um, his intestines were bleeding. So it couldn't regulate electrolytes. It couldn't, you know, regulate holding and absorbing um, like holding and absorbing nutrients. It's almost like, you know, for the symbolism of what the intestine is, you know, absorbing nutrients it means that whatever was toxic was so much all throughout that time that it ate through, you know, you think about this is eating at me. Well, it ate through the intestinal tract to ultimately he was put on hospice in which then I, you know, read the last rites, but it's interesting because he was, his eyes were closed and he was in a coma for a week or, or what would be like in a coma. He just, he was responsive, sure. but, but his eyes wasn't, they weren't opening. And what was interesting is I was just leading a prayer for the sick because at the time, like I, I practiced more of the Episcopal faith and we had this book of common prayer that I just like searched for death and I searched for, you know, those that were, you know, ill and I'd said it. And right when I got done, my wife and I were sitting there in the hospital rooms, his eyes looked at me and 
and we had, you know, so much history in general, just generated together that, um, even though that I was the nephew, it's almost like I almost played like a father yet brother, some form of figure just, um, for him. And I just told him it was okay. You know, it's like you fought the good fight. And so like, I attributed that almost in a way to like Steven, like when he was being, you know, stoned that he saw, you know, those that could see around him and almost like he saw through the voice of, or saw, saw the images of the dimensions beyond because he had stoned so much that he died. But like for, you know, my family member, it's almost like that was it just to have the rite of passage to say, Hey, listen, like, you know, this is scary. Um, and even in some people like, you know, in their, uh, their coma processes are navigating that process. Like they're trying to figure out how to like, potentially if they're going to leave this plane and yeah. Correct. Correct. So, so even some of this intention and this energy, even no different than my friend from before. And we can even touch on that later. Um, but that's what he needed to say, Hey, I'm good. And I have done what I needed to do. And it's my time to leave that when we left, it was roughly probably almost 10 o'clock PM and he died at two in the morning. Yeah. So he and then helped I, yeah. him move on. Yeah. Right. Because I do think yep, certain spirits and souls, um, it takes longer if you're, especially like in, in illness, like my grandfather was, um, had a stroke and was in a nursing over six years and he had to really, he was very like robust, active talker, joker all the time, his whole life. And then the stroke, he barely had speech he couldn't walk. It forced him. And that's a long time, but six mm-hmm. years, a lot of people have different paths of coming in and out of planes. And like you said, like sometimes you mm-hmm. need that extra help or for people that decide to, they want to stay, right. They might leave and dive and then come back. They, their work wasn't done here. Or maybe, you mm-hmm. know, your family member was needed on the other side and it was his time obviously to go, but he needed that sure. little push. Like it's okay to go. And those are the moments that I, I feel like, you know, his eyes opened at that moment, right? Or I've had friends that are uh, nurses in urgent care and, uh, you know, patients will say they like saw white lights. So it's like similarities. When you hear these, start hearing all these similarities, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to doubt that there's definitely something on the other side. So in those, so so you're, you're absolutely correct. So in those moments, you know, as they're navigating through that, say in a coma per se. So my friend being hooked up to a a monitor at the time, you know, it would be for, for me, you know, I just remember you're just saying, Hey, listen, you know, I don't know what, what your plans are, but, but when the words that I will be done, you know, means that it's your will of how you want to live and ride this wave. So if you're on the way out, I get it and I respect it. I hold nothing, you know, for you and and anything like that. If anything, I hold so much like happiness and compassion for you that this is what you're going through because many talk about how it's so fearful that, that, you know, we go throughout the valley, the shadow of the death and we fear no evil. Like, Imagine just that essence of going through this really dark pathway. I mean, think of space, even Mm -hmm. space is so dark and ultimately there's this like tunnel or there's this light there and there are these beings waiting for you in the standpoint. So, so, you know, I know I'm kind of like going beyond stories, but it's to help make the points that need to be made for the time in which that as my friend is going through this, I want to just pause and just take you into like now, as I was leading, I led somebody through in a past life 
through death back in the 1500s and they were dying of yellow fever. And it was a young boy, 12 years old. And, and he was whimpering there and he was sad because he was afraid of dying. And so, and so you were able to help them just to say, listen, just observe this. You don't need to feel anything. Just observe what happens. And, you know, essentially by stating is like, you know, whatever's happened now, the whatever's happened, you're seeing it from another side. What do you see? And it was this fact that the emotions of fear were gone. It's like now your objective to say, oh, like, well, hey, uh, there's uh, my body. It wasn't doing so good. I think actually it looks sick. Um, you know, I'm like, you're just seeing it for what it was. But now you you come into now the consciousness. Right. So you have, you know, that very, you have the triad of all things now coming into you. Mm-hmm. So you have this this energy of now you understand the linkages about, you know, what you were going through the roles with everybody, your mission. But then in that moment, there's somebody automatically, somebody, something, whatever you want to call it, automatically waiting for you in its energetic and ethereal form. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody that you know, because obviously now you just made this transition. If it was something that you're not familiar with, that's kind of scary. And well, maybe I don't want to go with you. But but it could either be a family member uh, and somebody that you know in that form. So it was was his two siblings that had already passed from the yellow fever to waiting for him. Mm -hmm. And so just went on. Now just take it one step further is that that might be in this life. That might be your emanations of you on this planet. Mm -hmm. But now if you want to talk on emanations of you outside of this planet and dimension and being or species, Mm -hmm. In that part, any, you know, being that's coming there could be in any form. Mm. So you're so moldable, you know, into whatever you need to be and vibrate at whatever level of all the, all the characters you've been in the past, you know, now that you could be for them. Wow. So like, so like you're accompanied. So there is no way to be fearful. The, the dying, the sickness process is now gone. Yeah. And in that state, people are automatically talk about this feeling of peace. And then when they get into that light, it's immediately peaceful, yeah. immediately healing yep. the sound, the humming, you know, you hear choir, you know, think of the choirs or sounds, you know, on that level. And then you go to this ultimately different area and dominion mm. where now your role is to watch over all your loved ones until their lives are fulfilled and you move on. Yeah. And and it's almost like soul in, in that way. If you've seen, you know, the two dimensional figure, you know, after you're all done, it's now imagine, you know, grandma's talking about like how their grandchildren are so good. And you yeah. know, this person, I like, you don't even know about my homie over here. <laughs> like what's going on. Like, it's just so cool on what you can do. Wow. And um, you know, there are people that are connected that can really tap in. Oh, yeah. I met some really, you know, powerful channelers oh, yeah. and mediums yeah. to do so. And, and I mean, again, it goes back into, if you knew it was on the other side, then what do you have to be afraid right. of? And even like, let's go back to kind of even discussion, even of like some of the Jewish nature, there's no belief in the life after death. Mm. It's done. Oh, wow. And, and not only that, like when you're done, you know, through, um, Rosh Hashanah is, is the festival. It's the new, the new year, but Yom Kippur is the date of atonement. When, when in going through that, you seal yourself in the, in the tree and the book of life, mm. but, but it's like to know that that's not ended and that's never done. Sure. And 
there's more to do after this because like literally again, if this was it and maybe something took a different turn, how much would that suck? <laughs> yeah. I always say that. I'm like, well, if none of this is, <laughs> none of this is true, at least it sounds nice. Right. But yeah, yeah I know. I guess my thing is, cause I had a, a deep, like heartfelt conversation actually with my best friend earlier today. And I've had many with many friends and I think I'm so deep in my awakening that a lot of people probably think I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm at that place where you lose, you start losing friends or you can't connect with certain people. And I've heard many people that have awakened with the same thing. There's, I have plenty of friends that are supportive of it and some that believe in some of this stuff. But until you experience things personally, you just won't know. And I was kind of trying to explain that to her. I'm like, I'm going to these guides and or mediums and they're telling me things about family members that have passed over that no one would ever know. Like, how can I doubt that? And I'm going to multiple ones and they're all saying similar things. It's yeah. Like, you know, if you wanted to doubt, 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 like fine. But at some point, like, I don't know. You just know that there's so much more beyond this and like signs that pop up. And again, like you even just history, look at the Bible and things that they're talking about, things that we're talking about and the similarities of healing with energy and, you know, getting visions and signs. It's like some of that stuff is like legit. And then I think there's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of man-made bad stuff too, but Absolutely. you know, and there can be bad channelers and mediums. That's why we have to protect our energy and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But I think once you start gathering from everywhere in every facet of life and history and your own experiences, it's really hard to deny it. And I, I just say, you know, if you're ready for it, you're ready. And if you're not, you're not. And that's the path that you're on. That's what I kind of explained to my friend today. But yeah, like, I think that's why I keep, we keep talking about these certain things. Like I just, it's hard to deny it. I mean, when, again, my friends that are nurses, sure. they're not super deep into spiritual awakening. And they're telling me mm -hmm. like multiple patients, were basically in comatose or dying and then they came back and they saw these white lights and they said it was peaceful. You know, when you have multiple people telling you the similar experience and they're all positive, I'm like, okay, that makes, gives me like so much hope. Um, yes. You don't have to be fearful, but we're kind of taught in the society. Everything is always fear, 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 especially what's going on right now in the world. Um, well, it's interesting you, you brought that up. There's so many, you know, when you think of like an uh, executive journalist, right? There's so many facts to corroborate after so many same stories corroborating on independent sources that have no way right now to interconnect with one another, but still saying the same thing. Yeah. That's when you like, th from a logic standpoint, you go from any sort of like what you thought would be a relative truth sure. to absolute. You right. Know? Yeah. And, and what about science COVID? and right. facts? And I'm like, well, but like, also there's just like that intuition. And when you, again, you hear things from multiple people, how can you keep denying it over and over? And then when you start having the experience, then you for mm -hmm. sure like channeling and different energy vibrations and stuff, then yeah, it's, it's fascinating people's spiritual even, growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, even that intuitive knowing that you said, so like, you know, you have this like clear cognizance mm -hmm. that might come in. And then also like that even comes into your physical reality, like how often might you get like, just like little like goosebumps, like sure. little truth bumps. Yeah. How often might you feel something physiologically yeah. happening to your actual physical body right. immediately when you come into this knowing that after a while, like after that state of cognitive dissonance, like, I'm sorry, like you can't continue to deny 
you know, like you can't keep putting the blinders sure. on at some point in time. Your, you have to like accept is something. Lifting. Yeah, it is, is gone. Lifting. The amnesia <laughs> is fading out. You've got to be alert to that. Well, yeah. So we're almost, we're, we're doing real good. We've, we've covered so sure. much, but I, I kind of wanted to tie that into, again, I'm joking when I say this, like for all the haters out there, but it is interesting actually to kind of morph it into scientific. And I don't know like how much you know about this or want to talk about this, but you were talking about the, what do you call it? The quantum healing meditation or what did you call it? Yep. Yep. The quantum healing hypnotic hypnotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've done like past, I've done a couple past life regressions and I, you know, I know, um, is it Dr. Uh, Dr. Weiss? Is that, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I've, I'm familiar with all of that. Um, but there, I've heard this before too. Like, God has been proven by like quantum mathematics or something like, do you know much about that? Like, that's interesting too. I've heard a lot about like the stuff in the cosmos is all mathematical equations. It's almost like coding. Like if you could think of it like, um, you know, like computer coding and it's simulated. Yeah. You have so, like a matrix of, of some form of like, yeah, like what um, do you know anything about matrices of numbers yeah. or other things? Mm-hmm. So I guess like it's, that's a whole nother, again, like could be a whole nother episode, but just as far as like, the quantum field and doing these like meditations is there, it almost seems like there is like factual science and medical. You could almost relate it to some of the Mm -hmm. stuff that's going on that we can't see in this realm. Right. So, uh, in that the, just think about the basic units of life. You know, we, we can, we can come to agree with specific gases that are needed and necessary for life here. There is specific water, you know, allow bacteria to grow for life here. There are um, amino acids in specific shapes. Cause if this wasn't, you know, if it wasn't the right shape, you know, and for like this, this L shape of this amino acid and a conglomerations of at least 200 of them to now to start developing proteins that are necessary for life. And then having that be cultivated and then growth just from a scientific aspect of all that. We're not even talking about the designers of that experiment, that the likelihood of that had to happen and come into the existence of that. Lee Strobel, um, I've read the case for Christ, faith and creation. I believe it was in the case for faith. Lee Strobel said that the the possibility of that happening was one over basically 10 to the 60th power. So like multiple placeholders, that's almost so small that that chance would happen. You're saying like organically, like, like just naturally, like something on a planet, like it just, if there was no like creator, it's just like, it's mm -hmm. impossible for something to start. Is that kind of what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. And so when, when you wouldn't, even in the scientific field to get the level of precision and accuracy, you know, it's something that we can objectively measure. Um, tell me about any tool that can give you to whatever, you know, number at the end, sure. essentially, like sometimes we, you know, we measure to the thousandth, 10,000th, hundred thousandth position. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably some pretty cool tools that you're working with at that point in time. But like, to the 60th power is ridiculous. Almost like mind blowing to that. Right. And I mean, science can only describe so much, right? Like, I mean, this is Mm -hmm. the old philosophical 
you know, chicken or egg or like what can, you know, sure. come, came first, but it's like literally you can't, what, what happened before the big bang, like science can't describe that. So there was something, some power, some energy. But before. science in some ways has to some degree, even within the state of like astrophysics, mm-hmm. right. Is the fact that even talking about like the laws of gravity or, or the, um, the quantum continuum being that this is when the big bang happened, you know, and essentially expanded into the world, there's an extative expansion and you can even think of a breath for that matter. It's like the, the cosmic's breath in which that as those are occurring, there are black holes Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Right. And just kind of keeping it simple. And even for me, like, I don't understand you know, the things like Nassim Haramine or Neil deGrasse Tyson or yeah. anything like that. I'm not on that level, sure. but just my basic understanding yeah. would be this is that like gravity ultimately moves towards black holes of greater density. And so some, somewhere in there, there's got to be this mega black hole mm-hmm. where life is surrounding and it's going into a state of contraction that ultimately the density of the black holes might not be the same, but ultimately at some point in time, the density has to come back in to meet. And obviously like, or or something that's been said in the physics realm is just the level of how big that we are might be on the, like the thimble of a needle or something like that. And so now it's all come back in, in this retraction. So before that grand breath again, yeah. You know, and so you really conceptualize something that's, yeah, it's also <laughs> unbelievable, like, unbelievable, overwhelming in like a good way. Cause like my husband's a space junkie and we watch this thing yeah. about the size of the planets. For sure. I always just think that too, you know, some people are like, it's just beyond me. So like, I don't think about this stuff, but I'm like, if you don't think that there's more out there, even just like in space, you don't even have to call it God or spiritual, which I think it's all intertwined of course. But like, for sure, if you just see the size of our earth compared to all the other planets and stars out there, we are like minuscule. I, and I had no idea until I watched and they have, you know, satellites can measure up pretty damn far, but mm-hmm. to think that there's no life or other things going on, it's like beyond me. Cause if you just simply understand the vastness of space in itself. So that would be the same thing of like, there's just, there has to be more than just what we can explain physically here. Like scientifically after death, I mean, it's the same idea. Like there's just, if you're in that world of spirituality, you know, there's just so much vastness. Right. It's like, no, to me, it's like, there's just no question. And I can't always physically prove it, but I don't know. I love this. This has been a really fun conversation. We've hit on a lot of topics. Yeah. (laughs) What's, what's really interesting, uh, if you don't mind, um, here at the Dome Planetarium at U of M, I was in one of their buildings of like natural history. And what was really cool is you can play a game. Not only can you play a game with understanding the evolutions of where life happened and, and their kind of dating system of that and species, but there's also this other kind of like idea or like a exhibit that essentially if you raise your right hand, you either like blow this thing out and you, and you minimize so you can kind of see for observing or you like raise your left hand and then you like go oh, deep yeah. within and mm-hmm. seeing things under like a microscope, sure. but, but ridiculously small. Yeah. That, that when you think about things from that standpoint that you can just zoom out mm-hmm. in one of Alba Weinman's um, sessions, it was talking about how 
essentially even the earth, when you depict the size and the grand creation of the entire whole, like the entire being an organism, even the earth would just only be a small quanta yeah, or a cell in a body. Uh, I know. So, now, so I mean, like well, really like us, imagine like just the earth, one being right. how tiny we are. And then you like zoom into like our cells. Like it's, yeah, that is that we, that, that, that is something that quantum physics that's pretty like cool. hasn't like gone to, to really think yeah. about, you know, we think that we're this cool being that can think like, we haven't even just we, like touched the surface. Yeah, and we even know just scientifically, like you, you we only use a certain small portion of our brain. So I mean, think of intuition center in our brain, a uh, pineal gland, for instance. Mm -hmm. We probably aren't using most of it, right? Like the veils no. over it. But yeah, that's what's so fascinating. Is there's so much inside. We have all these cool energy powers and channeling, and you have to start looking within to tap in. And it's like a muscle, like practice. And I think that's what's so fascinating about it. And I don't know. I, I love it all, but for sure, that's so fun. I love this. Well, we could, we, we may have to do a part two cause this is pretty, we might I'd be open to it. Yeah. I love that. We went down uh, the rabbit hole for sure. Um, well, before we close, do you have anything else that's speaking to you that you want to mention or. Yeah. So, um, the cool thing would be is if somebody wanted to connect with me. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I was going to ask where can people find you for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually going through uh, a renovation. So I just like declared a new company and it's called Myers quintessential healing. Okay. So it's combining all the forces of healing, if you will, yeah. and all the elements, um, to create that healing experience for having somebody create their own healing experience. Mm -hmm. Like for me as a practitioner, just even a physical therapist, I don't want people to be de like basically dependent on me. Like this is not a codependent relationship. Like one needs to like learn how to heal themselves sure. because if I'm not here, like they got to learn what are the tools that they need to move forward. So like, it's certainly going to be an experience for them that they take this, they take the captain uh, chair and, I, and yeah. you have just somebody guiding or to have references to people that are more specialized in those other nuances sure. to provide for your healing process. So I'm working through just a, a website, um, full rebranding and things um, before. So I would only ask somebody if somebody wants to direct their message through DM, you can either get a hold of me at Ben Myers Healing uh, on Instagram or even um, Starseed Mystic, and uh, that's spelled Mystic you. with a Q at the end, and it stands for Quantum or Quintessential. Okay. So, um, just if anybody wants to to go that route, I'd sure. be more than honored and welcome to help them doing oh, cool. so. Yeah, awesome. Okay, we'll put the your information in the description of the, of the podcast too, so people can find you. Wonderful. Yeah. Awesome, Benjamin. So thankful for your time today. It was a really fun conversation. We bounced all over the place, but I loved every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, it's my pleasure too, Lauren. Thank you very much for having me. So fun. You guys, thanks for listening today. I hope your mind is just like swirling with excitement and maybe you've piqued some interest in some of these topics. But uh, you can catch me um, on Instagram at Real Lauren Live, my website, lauren.live. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day.